Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Um, today's reading is Proverbs 13, 1, 10, 13 to 14, 18, and 24. Um, it's on the front of your bulletin if you'd like to read with me. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving foundation. Those who accept and avoid the snares of death. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Thanks. You maybe see it. That was my daughter. Yeah. Kind of a hard one for a daughter to read, huh? Well, it's not cowtails, but I do have some things to hand out. So pass these around, please. Pass these around. That's right. These are from Imperial Palace. Who's been to Imperial Palace before? Yep, Sushi Dave loves it. These are being handed out at church. If you haven't gone and seen Sushi Dave, you should. He's not making sushi right now, which is kind of a bummer. I'm not really sure. I hope he starts making it again because it's pretty good. If you want to hand these out and around. Oh, sorry, Joy. I got one down there. Oh, they're coming down. That's okay. All right, Carrie, I know. How many times have you gone to church and gotten fortune cookies? Not very often. It's a new one. E-Man, you want one, brother? E-Man? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Michael, you want to hand out the rest of those for me? Just, just, just kind of throw them at people like this. No. <laughs> you got it. All right, so the last little bit, we've been in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, if you have a big old Bible and you open the middle, the book of Proverbs is in the middle. And other than the first nine chapters and the last chapter, the book of Proverbs is a bunch of wise sayings that are kind of like fortune cookies. So go ahead, open them. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And uh, if you've been to one of our church services, I've started doing this. And I'm going to continue doing this throughout the book of Proverbs whenever I preach. So I went to, to uh, Imperial Palace and got a box of 350 fortune cookies the other day. And he asked what I was doing with them. I said, I'm, I'm bringing them to church. So, so. I, what we do as a family at the end of eating Chinese food, we get our fortune cookie and we come up with a funny saying after we read our fortune cookie. So we're going to, I'm going to teach you guys how to do this. So I'm going to say, all right, at the, I'm going to, my buddy Will over here, we have not pre-talked about this. I have no idea what his fortune says, but Will with your big booming voice, Will plays guitar and sings, got a great voice. If you haven't seen him live in town, you should. Will stand up. And after Will reads his, his, his fortune so that we all can hear, we're going to say, on my first vacation. All right, ready? Nice and loud, Will. And then we're going to say, on my first vacation. Failure is the virtu uh, virtual way to prepare you for great responsibilities. On my first vacation. That's pretty good. That's pretty, that's really deep. That was very, very deep. Michael, you got one you want to, can you read it really loud? All right, Michael, I want us, after Michael reads his, to say, on my first vacation with children. Ha <laughs> ha, 
Nice and loud, Michael, so all can hear. <clears throat> if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. On my first vacation with children. <laughs> that was a really good one. Nice job, Michael. I like that one. Um, let's see here. Uh, Greg, would you do one for me? All right, Greg's going to be on my first vacation without children. <laughs> All right, Greg. That's just got to <laughs> on my first vacation without children because you definitely look either naked or homeless on your first vacation without children you show up you're like we're so glad we're here oh. anyway that's a really really fun game that's a really fun game that my family and I play you can also do it with the book of Proverbs and you know I have found that it's fun to kind of get some interesting things with the Bible if you have not incorporated reading the Bible into your daily routine, I highly suggest it. Now, what's cool about the Bible is, you know, I do this for a living, and I, a lot of times, miss it on a daily routine. But you can always, always come back to it. So one of the things that you can do that exact same thing is with the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. There's typically 31, chap uh, 31 days in a month. Read a proverb a day, a chapter a day. And we have a saying, a proverb a day keeps the fool away. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty foolish, so I could use a proverb a day. So, let's just do one for fun. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Um, Zach, pick a number between uh, 10 and 30. Ten and 30, between 10 and 30. 18. Mm. Zena, pick a number between 1 and 24. 23. So we're in Proverbs 18, 23. I have no idea what it's going to say. At the end of this, I'm going to say, when we go to church. This is really scary. We have no idea. When we go to church. Here we go. Proverbs 18, 23. The poor plead for mercy. The rich answers with insults. When we go to church. <laughs> That's a good one. So you can do this also with Proverbs. I would encourage you with your children, incorporate reading scripture into your daily life. It's beautiful. The Bible says that it's living, that it's active, that it has the ability to apply to your life even though it was written over 2,000 years ago. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, instruction book. Now, today we are in chapter 13. Can I steal this really quick? Absolutely. You're not supposed to steal in church, I know. I'm borrowing it. I'll give it back. We're in chapter 13, and what I've been doing is coming up with uh, a theme for each chapter. So this, someone was talking to me earlier, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to your sermon. I said, well, enjoy sitting in on a sermon preached to myself, because this is a lesson I need a lot of help with. And I don't know if it's a lesson that you need a lot of help with, but it's one that I need a lot of help with. So um, Proverbs chapter 13 and the title is, How to Take Correction Well. You guys are teenagers. Do you guys enjoy it when people correct you? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Or, how to listen to authority. How to listen to instruction. I'll tell you a time when I was a young teenager that I didn't listen to instruction. I was just learning to ride a motorcycle. 
and my mom had a little Honda on-road, off-road 175. And one day I thought I was going to be pretty good, and I put my football helmet on, and I went through my grandmother's field. Now, my dad had told me, when you ride this motorcycle and you go through the field, I don't want you above second gear. But the field is long, and it is smooth. And so I was going along in second gear, and it got really boring. Now, they hadn't hayed the field yet, so the grass was about thigh deep. And it was kind of fun going through and seeing the, you know, the bugs just kind of part, you know. I was like, yeah, like a cool scene in a movie. But second gear really isn't getting into it, right? I mean, they didn't sing that song and stop at second gear, right? It's all right. Third gear, hold on tight, right? They kept going. It's fun, right? All the way faster, faster. So I did, and I hit third gear. But what did I not see in the thigh-deep grass? A boulder underneath the grass. Next thing I knew, I was airborne. Have you guys ever had that moment where everything slows down and you're like, this is gonna hurt? And you have that moment of just, uh, and then all of a sudden, lights out, just poof. And next thing I know, my old man was standing over top of me. That was more than second gear, wasn't it, pal? Uh-huh. I didn't listen to instruction and I paid the cost. If you look at Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 13, it's all about correction. And if you look back at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, it says that we should love the Lord's correction. How many love it when your parent corrects you or discipline you? All right, all right, all right, mom, I get it. Oh, okay, dad, yes, you told me a thousand times. Anyone ever said those words? I have. And you know what, kids? It doesn't change. That's what your parents sound like to God sometimes. Okay, 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 God. All right. I get it. We do. We do. What is the reason? What is it that causes us to push back against correction? What is it that causes that tension inside of us the moment someone corrects us? Whether we defend ourselves or we blame it on something else or we're quick to just dismiss it. It's, it's judgment. Might be fear of judgment. And also pride. Pride. You know, the Bible's very clear that pride is the root of all kinds of sin. And pride is that I'm in charge and God isn't. Last week we talked about God not only being the author of life, but being the center of the story. See, a lot of us Christians out of fear will say, yeah, God, you write the story. Yes, out of fear. Yes, God, you write the story. Just make sure that my 401k is full. And my wife and I live a long life and our kids go to an Ivy League school. See, we tell God, you can write the story as long as it's about me. Right? Pride is when we want the story about me. But if you read scripture and if you look at creation, I hate to tell you this, but God is the center of his story. Always has been always is, and always will be. And humility is when you say, God, I'm okay with you being the center of the story. Actually, not only am I okay with you being the center of the story, I desire for you to be the center of the story. For there I know is peace. For there I know is righteousness. For there I know is perfection. For there I know is hope. Is when you are the center of the story. 
And if you think, no, 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 I don't want to be the center of the story. I don't have a pride issue. Well, let's talk to your spouse. Or let's talk to your children. Right? I know my kids really will let me know when they know I've made plans that I'm the center of the plans. Yeah? Well, you only made this plan because you want to do it. We tend to put ourselves at the center of the story, and that is pride. Instruction and correction are a really difficult thing. And I'm going to tell you this story, and I'll end with this. Is that when I uh, was in high school, I was the golden child, right? I was the captain of the football team. I was the president of my class. Whenever it had public speaking, I got to do it. I was, I could be on any, I was just like always picked. And then I went to this small Christian college in Minnesota where I was like, oh, I'm going to waltz onto the campus. I'm going to I'm be on the football team. I'm going to do the music. I'm going to be a leader. And I didn't get chosen for RA. And I didn't get chosen for the music team. And I didn't even get chosen for men's ministry. I didn't make any of the things I tried out for. That was crushing to me. And I said, oh, they just don't even know what they're talking about. There was someone else involved, much bigger than any authority at my college. Helping me learn to be a leader without the title or the recognition. Helping me to be sec- play second fiddle. Helping me to respect authority maybe that I didn't really agree with. Well, as you know from my uh, motorcycle days, I don't learn quickly. So I needed that lesson retaught to me in college. And guess what? I guess I really didn't learn it in college. Because then I got my first job. I got my first job, and I was really struggling with the authority. This is what my boss said. He said, Marcus, you have a lot of great ideas, you have a lot of energy, but my job is to keep you at bay. That doesn't sound fun to me. And then he proceeded over the next five or six years to hire over me twice. And the second time I got hired over, I was super upset. I was really grumpy. We were at a Christian camp and conferencing retreat facility where the staff were supposed to be angels. Right? Right? When you work at a church, obviously you're an angel. When you work at a Christian camp and conferencing, obviously you're a saint. Not really. We're human. People that work at churches are human. They're no different than tax collectors like Zacchaeus. We're human. And I had a retreat guest see my anger, my frustration at my bosses. I'll never forget this retreat guest. He was an orthodontist from the county in northern Maine, in Aroostook. That is some job security right there, being an orthodontist in the county. And that beautiful man of God came up to me before he left. He said, could I pray for you and your wife? I said, sure. He put his hand on my head and he began to pray. And as he began to pray, he began to cry. He began to cry so much that the tears melted into his snot and met it at his nose and then was just dripping down. This beautiful man that doesn't know me. And as he prayed, he prayed that I would come under the authority given by God at my job. And he quoted scripture and he said, because Marcus, when you're out from underneath this authority, when you do not respect this authority, when you are rude and arrogant to this authority, you are removing yourself from the protection of God Almighty. And I don't want to see that on you. And I don't want to see that on your family. And he bawled because he was afraid for me. Scripture says that when we do not obey the authority given by God on earth, 
when we don't respect it, when we're not humble, when we don't submit to the authority given by God. The Bible is clear and we remove ourselves from the protection of the Almighty. How many of you pray for the protection on traveling when you came here? How many pray for the protection when you go home on traveling? How many pray for the protection of your children when they go off to college or they go off to school? How many pray for protection over your marriage when you're getting ready to get married? How many, we, what's one of the number one things we pray for? Protection. Marcus, people sitting here, are you willing to be under the protection of God Almighty? Because it comes with something that you need to do on your end and I need to do on my end. And that is respect, submit, and care for the authority given in your life by God. Yes, whether that be the president. Yes, that whether it be your governor. Yes, that means the police officer that pulled you over for going seven over and gave you a ticket. That police officer that pulled you over because your registration has been overdue for a week and gave you a ticket. Yes, that person. Yes, that boss. When this man was done praying for me, he said, Marcus, can I send you a book? I said, sure. And he sent me this book called Undercover. And the book was all about removing yourself from the protection of the Almighty by not submitting and not being respectful to the authority that was given by God on earth. And I read that book, and it first said, submit to your authority. And I said, you know what? I will. One of the things that my boss asked me to do is to email them every time I use the camp vehicle. Do you know how many times I use the camp vehicle today? Now, I think he meant if I was taking it off campus or if I was doing something else with it. But I emailed him every time I used a camp vehicle for every trash can that existed on our 7,000-acre camp. Every time I checked every trash can. Every time I went to every paintball, every rock wall, every kayak, every rifle shooting range, I flooded this guy's email inbox with how many times I used the camp, the camp, the camp vehicle. I was submitting to authority. Pretty good, huh? Then I read the next chapter, and it said, submit to authority, now do it with a cheerful heart. Oh, okay. And I began to do it with a cheerful heart. At first, it was fake it till you make it, but then I began to do it. And you know what ended up happening? I ended up really finding a peace. I ended up finding a joy. I ended up coming to the point where I said, you know what? I'm totally all right with who I am and the position that I have at this camp. And I began to enjoy myself and enjoy the job. That was going really well until I read the last chapter of the book. The last chapter of the book says, now you are to love them and to desire their good. How you desire their good is to protect them and to desire their promotion. And I was like, oh, if they're gonna make a mistake, I'm just gonna let them make a mistake, right? No, I'm supposed to foresee that mistake and protect them. And if they get promoted, I actually should desire their promotion by making the, my boss look good and hope they get promoted and when they do, high five them and say, good job. That one was difficult. And I'll tell you, to this day, I'm not really sure 
if I did that one really well. How about you? Have you been paying attention and, 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 and obeying your parents really well? You have? Yeah. So she was saying that I need to respect the authority, the police officer, even if he puts me in jail. <laughs> yep. Eight, you're fine. Nine, you're mine. <laughs> Heard that one before. I love that one. That's awesome. And you know, and I also gypped you earlier, right? I gypped you, didn't I? Who's from New Hampshire? Who's from New Hampshire? Hey, you, Guilford. Who's from New Hampshire? She came up to me afterward and said, you never asked who was from New Hampshire. <laughs> the Shire. I love it. That's so cool. Submit to authority. The Bible is really hard on this one. The Bible says to submit to authority whether you love them or you find them ridiculous. Trust in God. Now, obviously, the Bible is saying not to do it blindly. Someone will say, well, I don't listen to authority because one time I had one that told me to steal. That, no. But I have found a lot of times in my own life, I come up with excuses not to follow authority, not because it's anything wrong, but it's because I don't want to. I can justify my feelings really quickly. If you'd like to study more about how following with authority and how it works out well, read Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Moses and his father-in-law show how that works. It's a beautiful one, too. Exodus 18. Good old Jethro. <laughs> Not tall, just Jethro. <laughs> I love some old-timers got a chuckle out of that. Young people looked at me like, what? I'm going to end with this verse from Hebrews chapter 12. This is a hot day, and this is a hard subject. To come under authority, whether good or harsh. For that is the desire of your, your Father in heaven. And to trust Him, for He will protect you. Hebrews 12, 11 says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Is it fun to be disciplined at the time? Yeah? Go to your room. No more Snapchat or Instagram, and you can't have the car on Friday night? Can any of you guys drive yet? You can? It's not fun to not have the car on Friday night, is it? Yeah, I know. You can have Snapchat and Instagram, Mom. Just give me the keys. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Would anyone like some protection in their life? Would anyone like some peace in their life? Come under the authority given by God. And be careful when your emotions and your feelings justify reasons to not. For more often than not, you're just justifying what you want. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Help me to come under the authority given by you, that we might submit, that we might do it with a cheerful heart, and that we might protect and desire their promotion, that we might pray for those in, in, in authority. So right now, Lord, we do. We lift up our president. 
We hear on the news that he's not feeling so well. We lift up those in power that are trying to make decisions. We lift up those making decisions in Ukraine, both on site and somewhere else. God, we lift up our moms and our dads. We lift up our grandparents. Lord, we lift up our police officers, our military. We lift up our local politicians. We lift up our bosses. All those that have authority, God, we lift them up. We ask that you would protect them. We ask that you would, that you would give them wisdom as they make decisions. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask that you would help us to humbly submit to the authorities that we might enjoy your protection and that we might enjoy your peace. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.